Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken, where we talk about the nerdy things that make us who we are. I'm Tony Kawazani, uh, your host today, uh, joined with uh, Ken Nwakude. Ken, how you been feeling this week? My government name, damn. Yeah, bro. Man. I'm trying to keep that private. I'm a oh, really? Teacher. I did not know that. I did not know it's that. Okay. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. Now it's out there. Now, if okay. anyone comes to me, it's on you. I'm just yep. going to send them to your address, which is... I'm playing. I'm not gonna tell people your address, uh, but you know, no, I'm crazy, good, man. Though. It's crazy though. It's like nobody's gonna be able to pronounce it. Like I've said it once, and sure, like um, I've said it, but they're gonna have to play it again to actually learn learn it. And even when they learn it, it's like you know, some people are gonna mangle your surname, like the same way people will mangle my my surname. Yeah, yeah. I swear some people assumed you was Japanese at one point. I think um, so, yeah. <laughs> Italian as well, especially when you say, hey, my name is Tony Galzini. Right, I'm right. Italian over here. Nah, nah, you ain't Italian. You're, no, you're no. Black, as, uh, black as they come. Oh, no, Straight right. from the, the center of Africa, the Congolese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's been a good week, man. It's been a good week. Things have gone done. It's getting warmer, kind of, <laughs> even though it's still kind of cold. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, we we count our blessings. Uh, we're here. Um, uh, funny enough, um, not a positive thing, but um, uh, there's I've I've known known two people and one person. Um, someone else knew. Yeah, three people have passed away recently. Really, that I was almost close to one person I used to work with. Yeah, two people I used to work with. Um, one from my previous workplace. Uh, one from someone that I know. Yeah, and uh, my friends friend passed away as well oh snap uh, is this yeah uh, it, it was weird yeah is this covid related or other medical things related? Um, or you're not you're unaware one of one of them I, i'd rather not say right the other two i have no idea okay the other two i have no idea one of them wow. is quite grim and it's a topic that we might talk about at some point yeah uh, but it, it's um sad very very sad my condolences, so, bro. It's it's always sucks yeah. to to lose people in your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the best thing we can do is just count our blessings and mm-hmm. just try and enjoy the moment. People try to live for the future, but the future ain't set. Try and live for yeah. the moment, but don't be stupid with your money in the yeah. present. I think yeah. that's one thing that people need to remember. Yes, live for the moment. Yeah. Um, what was that thing that people used to say in like 2015, 14? Um, that Drake song. Yolo. YOLO yeah Mm-mm. yeah YOLO it's, it's weird <laughs> that that became such a, a huge thing in terms of being you know quotable um as if it's it's news to people that you only live once um it's like newsflash you only live once Drake said it huh. oh my god I had it no makes idea. sense <laughs> it makes so much sense I didn't know yeah. all this time I could right. only live once in my life right Tony you didn't know oh man I you're no missing idea. out uh, no, I just thought Wild. to myself, I'm a cat. I got nine lives. I don't know about you people out there. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna die and come back. It's all good. Uh, but yeah. um, that that's just my my humor. I I I have weird kind of uh humor. Um, I'm again my condolences to um to the people that have lost family out there. Um, mm. it's always difficult, and uh, prayers go out to you. But let's move on from such. Uh, darkness and sadness uh, to other things. But before we do, I did want to mention one thing, Ken. Did, are you aware of what happened to LeBron James? Oh, bro, I saw it live, man. You watched wait, it wait. live? I watched it live. I watched oh, it live. Good grief. 
good, good. I, I was watching it live. I, I saw the replay. Yeah. I saw it when... It, do you know what? It's when I I start watching games, that's when things happen, man. Yeah. I watched it live and I saw the... How the person put his weight on the ankle. Oh, my. my. Dude, it's crazy. The Like, so his... For people that don't watch basketball, I'm sorry. We're just going to get into it a little bit, right? <clears throat> LeBron James... He has a he has an accident on court. I haven't caught the game or the highlights. I've just been seeing people posting it. Who were they playing that night? Who were the Lakers playing? Uh, Hawks. And they was playing the Hawks, right? And uh, who's the guy that that fell on LeBron? I I don't know. I don't know. His right. Name. So this guy, um, essentially, I, I'm pretty much sure, like, he's persona non grata when it comes to LeBron LeBron James. But this guy, he falls over. He doesn't trip. He's not pushed anything. He literally falls onto LeBron James' ankle. And LeBron James' ankle, uh, it it, it rolls, right? And for any person out there that's ever rolled their ankle, it's the most painful thing. But the most common one, you roll it to the outside, right? So the, the, um, the lateral side of the foot. So LeBron actually has pressure put on the lateral side. So it rolls to the medial side. So it's rolling inwards. That's best case scenario. You probably torn something, right? Worst case scenario, that's that ankle's broken because the the ankle is never really designed to bend that way. And I'm just watching this thing, this replay again and again and again and just wincing, but not being able to look away like a car crash that you think, oh, that's just all kinds of bad. But why can't I stop looking at that? Well, yeah, because it, it it was because it was so it was so violent the way it happened. Oh I, my I, God. No, no, sorry. The, the the when it happened, it was like ooh, yeah. But it almost looked natural. But the way the guy fell on him it was 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 ridiculous. It was. I mean, disgusting. Well, <laughs> this guy he he toughened it out and he drained yeah. a three pointer yeah. and. Then they called a timeout and then he walked off. That is you know, crazy. How how does somebody do that? You roll your because it's LeBron James. Because it's LeBron inside. James. But like the crazy thing is LeBron James. But everybody still says, oh, well, he's not as good as Jordan." I'm thinking, like, get, uh, I'll, give him a you, break, man. This is the biggest <laughs> problem. Um, I, I promise everybody that's listening, we will, we will move past this. Pardon me. Um, but like, with when it comes to LeBron James, I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. Right. And the problem he's got right now is always goes back to the compensation of the rings. Right now, he's got four rings, yeah? With him being out indefinitely, I don't know what's going to happen with his ankle, but the way it rolled, I, I think he's done for the season, which means he's not going to be able um, to get his fifth. It's, it's going to be so crazy because AD and the, so the two star players in the Lakers right. are out. Yeah. So yeah. AD and LeBron are out. But it, it links to what we've talked about before. And mm-hmm. it does link a bit to what we usually talk about with, with uh, TV shows and films. Yeah. In terms of re- recency bias. Mm-hmm. People only remember what's happened recent and don't worry and don't think about the things in the past. When right. it comes to directors, actors, um, series, whatever. Like, oh, it's yeah. the greatest thing in the world. I'm like, bro, where were you a year ago when people were trashing this thing? Right, And right. it's the same thing with LeBron where they're like, yo, this guy, he did it. He, he got a ring, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, and people try to disregard the uh, the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, the COVID playoffs. Like, oh, no, it wasn't a real playoff. Bro, the amount of time that people had off, they were able to actually rest up. Right. So this is probably one of the best playoffs because everyone was rested yeah. going into the playoffs because there was a big gap when no one played yeah. and then everyone came back. So it was actually one of the toughest or... Anyway, I'm not trying to get too much into it, yeah. but the whole idea of people don't think about the uh, people think about the now, not about the history of things. Yeah. So people are still gonna trash like MJ was getting it. 
Yeah. Like MJ was getting it. He had to go above and beyond before mm-hmm. he broke that stigma of like, oh, you ain't nothing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, cool. Six rings. Yeah. Six rings. And that's and, that's the problem, yeah. right? Like LeBron, if it, I want, I don't want to believe that this is a career ending injury. It could possibly nah. be. Because uh, be we, we assume that, right? But he's 36 years old and it's an ankle injury. I'm going to end it on this. My prayers go out to LeBron James. If he makes it back and I don't think the Lakers are going to win it this year. But if they do, then he deserves to be... The conversation should be done, right? There's no, There should be no conversation about... I don't care if he's only got five rings, right? To do what he's done in the amount of time that he's done it, he is the best of all time. That's just my piece. Um, Tony, you, you forget people like to argue. <laughs> and, and let them as long, argue. As long as an argument can be made, especially on non-mathematical things, people yeah. will make that argument. Do you, know so, what that, yeah. do you know what one thing I always like to say, though? Everybody's what? entitled to your opinion, and it's okay when your opinion is wrong. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. People it's don't, okay. People don't it's hear okay that. to be wrong. Okay. What world do we live in, Tony? Mm-hmm. You ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> it's okay that you and your dumbass opinion is wrong. But I digress. Uh, let's get into it. What are we talking about today, Ken? We are, we talking, are talking about all the stuff that happened in a week. Yeah. The two big things from Warner Brothers and Disney, their yes. biggest properties, that is the DC and also Marvel Cinematic Universes. Right. But right. now it's no longer cinematic with Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's more of a uh, Tivamatic. Can we call it Tivamatic? Cine- we got the what? Cinematic T- Universe, T-V-Matic? the Tivamatic Universe, or the this the small well, screeniverse. I would have agreed with you with the whole, you know. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right. um, Daredevil, mm. Luke Cage, yada, 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 because that was their own self-contained TV universe. But now mm. it's officially combined, which yeah. we knew from time ago. Now uh, they're no longer just a small reference about, oh, the big yeah. green guy. Yeah. No, no. It, it's now, you know, WandaVision, uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier, and all the, and Loki and all the new ones that are going to come out, they're all yeah. linked to the same I've, universe. I think, I think it's very much... And everything. I think it's very much because of the level of those properties now. I think one of the issues that um, Agents of Shields ran into is the fact that they couldn't keep up with the schedule. With their shooting schedule is different with the movie schedules, right? And the first few seasons, they had to tie up tie up their plot points with what was going on in the MCU movies. And eventually they said, screw it, we're, we're, we're not going to be slave to the mcu we're going to do our own thing we're going to go into space we're going to go through time so we're leaving that alone and we don't actually always have to tie up our end of season to the next mcu movie right which i think was a good thing uh, yeah i think the mcu tv shows learned from that because Mm -hmm. now they're just telling their own story right because when you think about it that I, I don't think any of the things that happen in the show mm-hmm. will link during the show to the next uh, film event. So we know everything in um, Vision, for example. Yeah. Everything that has happened, the things that happened in Vision will link to a film, but never yeah. the other way around. Because that's what right. happened with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. A yeah. lot of the things that happened in the films, like, oh yeah, by the way, we have to stop the plot point that you're talking about now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. introduce it into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Whereas now it's more a contained story right. with everything. They're like, okay, that didn't work. We tried to make it work. And this ain't like the comic. Because you can do it with comics. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, to be honest, I hate it when they do it in comics. Because like, oh, I'm really into the story. You're into the story. It kind of finishes the arc. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen with the next group? And then boom, mm-hmm. we're in an event. And now they're dislodged in a different place in the world. Yeah. With different stories. And now everything is all over the place. Yeah. I hated that. You know, I, 
don't interrupt the flow of my characters. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they're doing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and yeah. preferably Loki. It's separate until... Right. So instead of making the shows the unifier, the films are the unifiers. Right, right. Which is now, very reminiscent of comic books. On that point, right, we've talked enough about Marvel, but we actually we actually want to kick off with DC here. And we're talking about uh, Jack's, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, I want to I want to do this one differently because for the most part, I think a lot of the world has seen the original cut of the Justice League. Um, And I don't think there's any point in rehashing this movie. Bear in mind, this movie is four hours long. For anybody that is not aware, the Snyder cut of Justice League is four hours long. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who knows? We will get into it. But it's not a film, bro. It's 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 six episodes. (laughs) It's six 40 minute episodes. That's how I see it. I, I, I think that's being generous. Only on the fact that the way they've set up, they, he breaks it out into parts, but the parts don't really flow in that way that it would work as a show. That's my opinion. I could be completely wrong, but I, thought... I, I think it, I think it does because we're so used to long form mm-hmm. stories now on yeah. TV shows, and it kind of felt like I didn't really feel the cliffhanger aspect of it like you see in TV shows. Yes. Maybe that's what. Um, maybe that's the feeling that because I agree with you on that. That didn't feel like a TV show where like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And then we're moving on to the next episode. Yeah, it did feel like, all right, cool. We're just moving on to the next scene. Yes, but we could eat. Like, I, I, I'm trying to see shows as one complete story. Yeah, and that's how I was trying to see this as well. So yeah. the four hour thing didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. If anything, the four hours went by incredibly quickly. A lot of people say that, but I think for the purpose of this discussion, this review, whatever you want to call it, um, mm-hmm. I think let's talk about how we felt about the film first right we don't have to necessarily pick out any moments but i think we start yeah. off with how we felt about the film you know whether we liked it we didn't um how a comparison then we finish off with a comparison between yeah. the whedon cut and the schneider cut but i want you to go f- through first uh tell me what what is your general without any spoilers because we're going to go for spoiler free this movie is fresh spoiler free right. give me your analysis of this film um, spoiler free well I'll start with if I enjoyed it or not <laughs> and I did <laughs> I, I enjoyed it uh, and this is when like people were saying release the Snyder Cut I was like how much can you actually add to this film to make it make me change my opinion about this film because I had a strong opinion about the original cut and it managed I put my boy, I can hand my, hold my hands up and say yeah my opinion has changed significantly I enjoyed this film i didn't say i thoroughly enjoyed this film i i, I enjoyed it as a as a piece of work mm-hmm. more so than the original um there, there were things the, the stories in this film were a lot more cohesive mm-hmm. and um i realized less insulting to the viewer it's like right. oh okay instead of it being cookie cutter like this it's like all right cool it's a bit deeper not not super deep yeah because you know we've got films that have more philosophical aspects to it and this one not so much mm-hmm. but you know it was deep enough to be like all right cool i could see some people that you know may not like films or really don't pay attention to films getting lost yeah which is sad to say but it, it, it's a uh, it, it went deep enough that made me realize oh wow yeah that makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. um so i i enjoyed uh, uh, the, the the visuals they dipped in places Right. visuals different places um i did enjoy it overall um and i loved the designs i'm gonna get into designs for certain yeah. characters for sure yeah um and and the the, the changes that we saw comparing mm-hmm. it um the conclusion of it only made me want to actually explore 
this universe a lot more because right. you know initially i was like no no i don't care anymore it, yeah. it's not worth my time but because of that change in story that i mentioned earlier on it made me realize oh okay there's actually more to this mm-hmm. that they led on i would love to see more from this universe right so just to summarize it very quickly i enjoyed it it was right. grim it's a grim film it, it got color graded more to the uh saturated yes uh color grading yes um so visually it was grim uh some of the things that they talked about were very very grim yeah <laughs> uh and it and it gave me a deep appreciation for almost all the characters there is one character in, actually there's two characters in particular that i was like oh wow they they actually do stuff mm-hmm. oh there's actually more to them mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, I know you i think you have an inkling to who i'm talking about yeah uh, and i i i'm so happy that that happened because everyone just got more and that that's all i want from films give me characters that are going through things that are learning about themselves learning about the world learning about the people they're interacting with just to make them more cohesive or more realistic and you know i use realistic lightly because of all the stuff that happened in this film but a more humanized interaction mm-hmm. with people that have uh you know godly powers so right. yeah really, really fun okay you was very brief on that i expected you to to go deeper into it but i'm definitely oh feeling... there's there's a lot there's a lot to talk yeah, about my there God. is there is but... a lot to talk about bear in mind it is a four-hour movie there's a lot to dissect uh my overall analysis of the film i really really enjoyed it i i was genuinely surprised i had a th- inkling from the you know the the promotions that they were doing the uh, the advertising the commercials whatever um that it was it was going to be a good movie and it was going to be uh better than the Snyder cut and I'm probably one of the few people that actually no sorry not the Snyder cut the Whedon cut but um I I I will admit and I'm probably one of the few people that will openly admit this I actually enjoyed the Whedon cut it's not it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination mostly the reason why I enjoyed it is because I could follow it beginning middle and end and it kind of um sidestepped the mistakes of Batman versus Superman and as you know Ken I am not the biggest fan of Batman versus Superman both the normal cut and the ultimate edition yeah neither of us neither yeah. of us are bro it, um no but I appreciated uh the Whedon cut for creating a story that if not all that interesting, amazing, or great. I had fun with the Whedon cut. It was. It was. Do you, a, do you think that's because you had seen the Batman vs Superman film, and then this came out after, and it was better than that? So it made you feel a bit yeah. more relief. Yeah, I think. I think obviously it's one of those ones in context when you got uh, DC producing crap after crap after crap. When they make something possible, you almost like applaud them for it, and it's like mm, it's like that that one course. kid in class that never speaks for the whole uh, term. You don't know how smart he really is, but he gives you that one lessons where he gives you that answer that's like one plus one equals two. And he's like, yes, you gave me the two. (laughs) Um, So it's one of those ones there where um, I appreciated the Widow Cut, but I thoroughly actually enjoyed the Snyder Cut. But it's not without problems, right? Uh, One of the biggest problems that I had without being any, uh, given any spoilers, I will... um, echo your sentiment in terms of the visuals um for the most part the visuals were fantastic artistic in some cases uh very much the snyder style a uh, style um like he, he's used in things like um 300 and um watchmen great visuals uh, spectacle uh the problems i had was with some parts just look like a set like it looked like they were in a hole with green screen 
and nothing was really built everything was just cg'd in later i i'm very much a person that prefers practical sets but if you can't give me practical give me a combination of practical and cg and trick me into thinking oh i thought that set was real i didn't know that you cg'd up that place problem problem is every every scene looked like a soundstage and it kind of pulled me out at times um that's no different to the whedon version obviously he you know especially with his um his reshoots it's even worse in in that regard um going back to the things that i really liked about i liked the room to explore characters even if in the end i didn't find them necessarily that interesting for example um the flash I still think even with this extended car, I, I don't like this version of The Flash. Nothing against Ezra Miller. He's given a script. He's given motivations. He's working with the best he can. But I don't think they did anything really interesting with The Flash that we haven't seen with the TV show. We know he's dad's in prison for a crime that he didn't commit. Um, there was nothing else really going on. But besides that, again, going back to the visuals, how they... Sh- his Zack Snyder's version of showing the speed force and how to execute that oh chef's kiss it it it, it pulled me in really into it another positive what they did with um cyborg absolutely brilliant like it's almost a travesty to think what we didn't actually cut out of the film when it because essentially like you look at it um cyborg is the film right Almost like Superman is kind of like an extra bit, you know, icing on top. But when it comes to the Justice League, the Justice League is really Cyborg and Batman trying to get the rest of the Justice League together. This is, for me, it's like, if anything, it's a Cyborg movie. Yeah. So, so Cyborg had a lot um, to do with the plot yeah, and a lot to do with the plot that you don't see. Mm-hmm. So the setup of yes. the film. And it's uh, it's disgusting the way he was cut out of it. Um, I can see why he was pissed off. <laughs> I, can, I can see why he was pissed off. I think, to be honest, though, I think it's one of those ones that, besides from him being pissed off of what they did to his character, I think I think it's deeper than that in terms of what he's put out there, the abuse he suffered. I think if it was the case that he didn't suffer the abuse, he probably would have taken it, well, that's just Hollywood. Sometimes you get cut out of the film. I'm not really appreciating this cut, but that's the gig. But to to go through all of that alleged abuse that he's claiming against Joss Whedon um, and then to be completely kind of, what's the word, diminished um, in this cut of the film, in the Whedon cut of the film, absolutely disgusting because he he was made into a very one-note character. He's still semi-one-note in this, but there's a reason for that. Um, And we might get that into, into a spoiler discussion maybe. But um, the final negative that I have for the film, the thing that kind of really bothered me is that it goes back to the runtime, right? The movie's four hours long. Really and truly, Mm -hmm. I think this movie could have been easily three hours. The reason why I say that is that that extra hour, do you know what Ken I say is made up of? What? Slow motion. The amount of (laughs) unnecessary slow motion in this film is ridiculous. Yeah. There's legit a scene where two characters are looking at each other in slow motion. There's another scene where I can say this one without a spoiler, right? It's uh, the Themyscira scene from the re- original uh, Whedon Cut, but slightly extended. There's a scene where Wonder Woman's mother is running out of the, uh, the temple. Yeah. 
not even the slide out. The slide out is fine, right? That's an action moment, right? I get that being CG, uh, the slow, slow down to slow motion for, for emphasis, right? It's the part where she's exiting the temple and she's running towards the horses. And it's the one shot of you're seeing the sl- the rocks fall down the side of the temple and she's just running and it lingers for a good 15 to 30 seconds. I'm thinking, why are we lingering on this shot? It's not it's that because Zack Snyder is slow motion. Look at every single action film he's mm-hmm. ever made. Right. Down to Sucker Punch, down to Watchmen, down to yeah. 300, down to uh, Batman vs Superman, down to, well, a lot of scenes in this film, mm. mate. He is all about that slow, slow motion. Self-indulgent um, though, bro. It's, it is very, it, it very is. So I'm, I'm not defending it. It's yeah. just a thing that he does, kind of like Michael Bay with explosions. Yeah. It's like, wh- wh- why are you doing that? Uh, or Edgar Wright with the very quick zoom in and quick cuts. Yes. Um, it's a it's a very stylistic, uh, it, it's a stylistic uh, tick almost, like yeah. or like a stylistic signature. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I'm not entirely too mad at it, but I, I do agree with you. Sometimes when it lingered, I was like, all right, cool. Uh, oh, you served your purpose. Oh, 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 but it's still going on. Oh, all right, cool. Let's, I guess we're going to do more of that. Yeah. And Some, yeah, like, that, that, that took up more time than it <clears throat> needed to. There's a legit, pardon me, but there's legit scenes that um, are, I think, were hampered by the excess of uh, slow motion. Like legit, like the scenery is not that interesting. The angle that he's chosen is not that interesting. He's just chose to to hold it. Also, that there's a scene in it, right? And I'm gonna. This is a spoiler moment, just to let you know. But there's a scene where you see Lois Lane. She hands off a coffee to a police officer, and she's walking towards the shrine of Superman. Right? Her walking is in slow motion. Why? Yeah. Don't know. It's supposed to invoke emotion. I thought to myself. Lois Lane is the least interesting thing about this whole film that's one of the things I will say she has been done short shrift with throughout this whole franchise Lois Lane has been useless she hasn't been able to do she hasn't been given anything to do yeah (laughs) that's the long and short of it all she does is fawn over Superman Mm -hmm. she did a bit of reporting in uh, uh, Man of Steel right even in this film which is fair enough in this film she was grieving Mm -hmm. um but uh, she she wasn't very proactive in it. She had to get a bit of a pep talk, talk yes. from uh, key characters. Yeah. But um, she she actually didn't do. Actually, she does more in this film than she did in um, uh, the original Joss Whedon cut. Yeah. But um, yeah, she she she's more or less there to uh, for for one particular purpose, which right. is similar to Joss Whedon one, but with a lot more emotional uh, baggage, with a lot yeah. more emotions uh, tied to it. Yeah, but uh, you know, just like you said, not much. You know, we're used to the lowest lane that is the go-getting reporter mm-hmm. that uh, so is looking for the story mm-hmm. that will, will grieve, but then try and find purpose in all of this madness that she's yeah. experiencing. Uh, but no, we don't get that. She, um, it's a different lowest lane. She, she's, and you know, and that's that's fine. Look, I'm not saying that you know, lowest lane will always grieve the same way. No, right. like she's she's just a different character, right? Uh, to what I expect. Which is, um, you know, it's whatever. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not angry at it. Yeah. It's just, I, it, if you was to pick all the characters or any of the characters throughout the entire film to say who was underutilized the most, she is. She comes top of the list. Right. And there's a couple of a couple of characters that I like that as well. Yeah. But uh, she, she definitely comes uh, top of the list. Now, Tony, before we continue, please correct me if I'm wrong. I right. haven't googled it yet, but it just jumped into my mind. Was the marketing of um, Justice League when it first came out 2017, mm-hmm. was there a marketing called Unite the Seven? 
I was it Unite the Seven, Unite the League. I remember seeing Unite it, and was, then a number. There was something about Un- Unite. Maybe we're mixing in the seven with uh, the boys. Um, but I, I, I feel like what you're saying nope, looking is looking at really it now. Tr- Unite the seven. Right. Yep. Okay. So you are yep, spot yep. on on that. Um, yeah. And I think this version of the film does a better job of getting the gang together. Um, there's a lot of conveniences with the weed and cut when it comes to that. And that's why I think this is the moment. Uh, where we just jump into the spoilers and the spoilers will be strictly the comparison between the original and now. That start off right at the beginning, Ken, right? So the first big change is they completely removed that epilogue when it comes to Superman saving people from that burning building. Um, yep, completely with gone. Mis- mis- with the children recording him on the on their phone and, and that trying to get in like a mini interview. Right, and that god-awful lip thing. I don't know what the hell uh, Whedon was thinking about with that one. It's like, it's one of those ones with, with that scene removed, it literally, and watching the Snyder Cut, you realise there was no need for that scene. None. But what was what was Joss Whedon's purpose of having that scene? When we think about that scene, mm-hmm. it was to show the... Um, the conflicts a little bit in Superman, the the um the lighter side of him that he's interacting with people. Right, he's the god amongst men. Yeah, trying to uh, uh be lighthearted and lo- let people know about you know how he feels. Yeah, and then it, it almost in a way because the next scene it goes dark and then you see the Justice League logo. Yeah, in the original uh Whedon cut. Right, and I remember feeling like oh man we've really lost someone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that last footage of someone. Like it's almost like when when you look back at the last picture someone took or the last video or yeah. the last voice note someone took. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow, that was the last time we actually got to interact with him and look how sad he looks See, or look how conflicted now he looks. I, and I, I think that was the uh, main reason of it. Too. I can give you that, Ken. That makes perfect yeah. sense. What kind of messed that scene up was the lip situation. You know what would have actually, <laughs> you know what would have actually made that scene work? is that if you had footage from a distance, right? So you don't, one, you don't have to worry about the lip thing. You're literally, it could be a CG representation of Superman going into somewhere and saving somebody. You don't have to have the close-up of the face. Or you could have literally used footage from the previous films. And other movies have done it, and it doesn't really make sense because you're thinking, wait, if that's footage from the previous film, who was there to, to actually shoot that exact shot in that exact moment? But movies have done mm-hmm. it, Right. What you ended up giving us is that you're trying to give us a moment of, of pathos, but it's it's failed because of the lip situation. But let's move it on. It was to- very distracting, Tony. Yeah. Well, like, we're comparing beginnings of the film. So mm. instead of that being the beginning of the film, instead what we got was, super. it was still Superman at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It almost it almost invokes similar things, but in a different tone. Right. Because with the Whedon one, it was, okay, cool we're trying to show a lighter side after saving the world or yeah. city or whatever and this one it's literally all right cool we're continuing where batman vs superman left off yeah but with superman screaming his last breath yeah um rattling at saying out shockwaves across the world and notably across the uh the potentially the universe mm-hmm. um which therefore st- uh, uh, gave the first well, that kicked off the whole entire film and showed us the main difference between the plot. Yeah. Because the scream activated the mother boxes, which was very different for what the uh, Joss Whedon story was. Yes. Where 
the mother box were uh, were reacting off of fear right. that Superman has died. Now the world is more fearful right. about you know what's going to come to the world. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a high influx of fear, which I always thought that was a fucking stupid idea. That I don't was think such I a, don't think what? it was that it a bad of idea. I think the execution it of it was bad because I think it still kinds of works because it's still working in the same sense of like the absence of Superman has created a vacuum that the cubes operate in. It's just Whedon's version of it. It's like, uh, that's a stretch. But even this version, Ken, I have to admit, and you're going to have to explain this to me because I'm still kind of uh, okay. going back and forth, right? His scream, is it the case that it's only being picked up by the mother boxes or is his scream so powerful that it's traveling that far and the mother boxes are picking up? Because I'm thinking to myself, the well, sonic wave of that magnitude to travel that far, shouldn't shit be shattering? So that's the thing that confused me, whether it's only at a frequency that the mother boxes are picking well, up. Well, I've got two things to talk about that. Yeah. One is a plot contrivance um, and the other one is uh, a rationale for what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I think the mother boxes are more intelligent than we... Uh, is led on yes so because they're so intelligent they're beyond our understanding whatever whatever Mm -hmm. they intelligently knew that superman was present on this earth right and since they knew he was present on the earth they thought oh no 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 yeah you know my guy don't come here because it's a problem yeah but then there are two things that happen that make me realize is it a problem though but yeah the mother boxes are reacting to feeling that you know the final breath or the final death cry of someone that is incredibly powerful mm-hmm. so that you know your dark side is gonna it's gonna be a problem don't don't come collect us because it's gonna be a problem yeah the two issues that i found from that is first of all dark side came thousands thousands of years ago right right thousands of years ago and the mother box has never reacted before clock came right. to the surf like 35 mm-hmm. years ago right right that's the first one. Mm-hmm. And also, we get to see, just jumping ahead a little bit, where the dystopian, you know, Mad Max, everything is a crazy dark side taking over the Earth right. scenario, where Superman gets taken over mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So was Superman really an issue if it was going to lead to that post-apocalyptic type of world anyway? Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was my two issues where like, well, why are the mother boxes making noise now? Why yeah. didn't they mo- make noise like 35 years and beyond right, that before, right. the before thousands even, of years before that before he even came to earth or I, I but you know, then so, yeah I was going to say yeah. just, just, to, just to touch on that because I know you you want to jump on, to, on mm-hmm. that that I could only say and it's something that we get into a lot right. where there is a canon that we cannot see there is a canon we cannot see mm-hmm. because we see that scene where you see the Amazonians the gods right. the Atlanteans the humans and all of that yeah. banding together for all we know, these gods and all these super supersonic people, mm-hmm. they're about on the world. So that's why the mother box is like, whoa, 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 no, 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 they'll just body you again. Yeah. Maybe something changed where like Ares got lenged off or something and now Superman got lenged off and, and now all of a sudden the mother box is like, yeah, I think Earth is safe now. Let me call out to the to my guys. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that one. Weird. And that's a good explanation. But from what we've seen in Wonder Woman, right, the first Wonder Woman, uh, woman the gods were pretty much dead by the time of World War One. Exactly. Ha- so what's happening between that fifty years before? Exactly. So, but you know, unseen canon, bro. I, I don't we think don't it's know. unseen canon. It's unwritten canon. It's like Un- uh, unwritten canon. Yeah, mm. I can't be bothered to write that. I think I got cool ideas. I don't know. Again, it's what doesn't make it to screen that we can't really judge, right? We can only judge what no. we've we've seen on the screen. But it's interesting that the original scene that was there 
was uh, Batman using that that crook sphere to attract the uh, the parademons. And conveniently, yeah. when Batman kills the parademons, uh, a symbol of the free <laughs> uh, the free mother boxes appears on the wall. It's like hmm, mother boxes. Telegraphing these things that right. I've never heard of before. <laughs> I must find them. I must get the league together to prevent. It's. Uh, it was. I must unite the uh, seven. No, six. Even though it said seven, right? And we're going to get into who that seventh person may have been. Yeah. Um. So, what's what's the next change that you can remember f- um, from the, the film? The next change that we can remember beyond the plot. Mm-hmm. Um. So, because what happens? We we see ah, because he goes to see Aquaman. Yes. So his search for Aquaman. Um. And they. I remember one villager was like. Oh, like oh, where did he come from? Right. Oh, he 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 scaled the mountain. Mm-hmm. Made of the mountain. I was like that's impossible mm-hmm. but in the back of my mind i'm like rev because he's batman right. <laughs> obviously right <laughs> i just felt like someone had to walk in like because i'm brad yeah. like christian but like because that was the only thing like oh yeah you must not know about the legend because yeah. <laughs> he's because he's the bats so yeah so we, we have the scene where he's walking up in the mountain with a horse mm-hmm. and he's making his way to a very very remote town or yeah. tavern and he's talking to the people they're standing around him and he's trying to ascertain information about mm-hmm. um, this aquatic man, yeah. this Aquaman. Um, and what we see is a very stoic conversation between him and Arthur Curry. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest change is the dialogue. Mm-hmm. He went straight to the he went straight to the money. He's like, right. "Yo, <laughs> I'm gonna put, I'm gonna drop these stacks. Yeah, give me <laughs> the someone information. Someone can tell me who it is, and if I can have a conversation with this guy. Right. But it was funny because." The look that Bruce Wayne or Ben Affleck had in his face, mm-hmm. he knew who the guy was. Right. He was just, it's almost as if I'll throw money just to flex, just yeah. so these people can get off my back. Yeah. But he knew who it was. It was like, can we have a conversation outside type thing? Yeah. And Arthur Curry weren't ha- happening, mm-hmm. having it. And that was, uh, and that, that scene became longer because, right. um, oh, it's shorter and longer, mm-hmm. more, more or less longer. Uh, the things that got shortened were the jokes. Mm. Um, well, the jokes the, never uh, existed because all of that was Whedon's reshoot. It was the reshoots, yeah. and it was it was also um, for the trailers as well, right? So the scene of like, oh, you could talk to fish, yeah, like w- w- was completely removed. Yeah, um, I'm not too sure if that was Whedon, but um, I would have to look into that. But that joke was gone, and I think um, the joke that like, uh, dressed like a bat. Uh, you're insane Bruce Wayne something yeah. like that yeah that that was that was taken out as well yeah and how he jumps into the water and fly, uh, swims away yeah completely cut um, what was replaced was a very very haunting song by the women of the town that looked that's, like they all wanted to jump jump his bone <laughs> they're like yo my, oh, my, my hero <laughs> Ken I don't know about you it was weird but that scene was, was awkward as a that whole scene very, if I'm being very honest right very. besides from the purposes of introducing Arthur Curry to Batman, I would have cut that scene because that scene was dead. The dialogue it dragged on as well. It dragged on. The dialogue was dead. Him walking into the water and all of that. Even the later scene where he's doing it again and he walks in slow motion into the water and the water is spraying onto him because he's going down slow to slow motion. Yeah, and he's going down to Atlantis, <laughs> right? Um, that's right. later down the line. Even that scene is different. The exchange between him and Mara. Uh, Mara. Uh, who for some reason I'm pretty sure like uh, Mira, Mira. Mi- Mira Mira Mara Mira whatever um, that uh, Amber Heard right her, her accent changed she's not a good actress period um, yeah <laughs> in Aquaman uh, the movie right she didn't have a British accent did she 
No, she didn't, but she has one here. Okay, and the crazy thing is, even here, does she have one here? Because we are British, Ken. We know what a British accent Just because you said, like, oh, we are from Atlantis. We are Atlanteans. I don't know where that's from. We don't say Atlantis Bro. like Atlanteans. Bro. You sound almost South African saying it like that. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 was a, it was a cool scene, which was, it was, it's mostly still in the, um, the original Whedon cut, but um, that previous scene with Bruce Wayne and Aquaman, I would have sh- trimmed that bitch up because it was it was a, a sympt- it was a problem that persists throughout the the film where some scenes they're supposed to they're supposed to linger for poignance, but they don't come off poignant. But um, for the sake of time, that's that's whipped through. Um, some other changes. So, drastically speaking, most of the jokes have been cut out of the film, right? Enough, S- considerably, considerably. Uh, even there's a scene later down post uh, the resurrection of Superman. So there's a scene where they resurrect Superman. Even that exchange between Barry and Cyborg is less awkward than the Whedon version. Um, yeah, they dig up. Well, the there's body. a couple of things that, yeah, that the. I think you're going to talk about the pet cemetery joke, right? Right. Yes, that was completely taken out. Um, yeah. Well, there's another there's another thing that in between that interaction was taken out as mm-hmm. well. It was the whole like you know because Barry left very awkward about him like yeah. trying to get him to 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 nudge like or, or like um dab him up right and like I remember Cyborg just like parring him off like yeah. right, I'm not trying to pay attention to that right and then Cyborg not even saying booyah yeah which was so forced in the Whedon one <laughs> yeah um but going going back to the, the those changes in those moments right. Um, so it leads up to an awesome moment where they they do the resurrection of Superman. It's extended um, a bit more from the Whedon version and actually ends up ends up making the Flash look super cool um, as opposed to kind of the efficiency of the Whedon version in terms of the resurrection. So they have the, the big drawn out fight between Superman and the Justice League when he resurrects. But there's a, a moment in the Whedon version where Batman gets his ass kicked and he's like, makes the Joker's like, oh, I'm definitely bleeding internally. That's not there. Gone. And, and also Gone. the yeah. post-battle meeting, completely different. Like Wonder Woman is not stretching him out. They're not having a conversation about, you know, uh, the moment. And clearly you can tell in the original Whedon version that that's a re- reshoot because you can tell that ba- uh, Ben Affleck's put on a lot of weight um in this bat suit um yeah what else has changed let's move on ken uh, well no there's 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 a few um so for, uh, for a couple of jokes that one. have gone like when um aquaman was sitting on wonder woman's lasso mm-hmm. and then he was like gosh you are beautiful yeah and he was like no do you know what let's band together and this is just yeah. like that that would that were I, that's i like that, that, that scene. that is gone i like that scene it, it felt well it it, it it worked well for mm-hmm. the just whedon cut yeah it would it would be so out of place in this yeah another thing that changed was um you know they, they don't argue with each other mm-hmm. even when they were in strike uh, strikers island right uh before they met aquaman and they were saying like all right we have to work together we have to yeah. be a team and then you know they were kind of a team but they weren't a team and then they were kind of doing their own thing mm-hmm. even like it, it felt a lot more disorganized in the first film yes and what added to that was the conversation that they had after it's like we're not really a team mm-hmm. and they were kind of at each other's throats a bit yes you know, during the debrief whereas in this they understand that you know okay there's a big threat we're coming together we may not particularly 
like each other just really yet, but at least we're adults about this. They yeah. didn't feel like children. In the Joss Whedon one, they did, they did feel like, all right, we're kind of at each other's throats. Mm. Oh, can we really work as a team with all these egos and superpowered people? Yeah. But then in this film, it was kind of like, all right, cool. We kind of stumbled, but at least we won something. Yes. We're trying to push on. Um, and you see it a lot with uh, Aquaman. He's less angry, more, mm. more brooding, yeah. more stoic. Um, even though, like, you know, he felt a lot more wilder in the first film. Right. Um, Brev, there's a couple more, but I'll just touch on a couple more and then, because uh, there's a couple of things we have to talk about uh, with uh, something else as yeah. well. So, like, for example, um, so there, there was... Let me jump in with one. Oh, no. Let me jump on. Yeah, yeah. One. Please so, jump with one because I'm so, trying to open um, up yeah, So you it. got a lot more with uh, Silas Stone and Cyborg. So Silas Stone being Cyborg's oh, dad. Uh, considerably. There, there's a lot more texture there between their relationship and the, the breakdown of that family dynamic. Um, you also have the interaction between Volko and Arthur Curry. Volko is a character mm-hmm. that you see prominently in the Aquaman movie um, that was actually supposed to be in Justice League, completely cut out of the Whedon version uh, for whatever reason. Um, there's a scene between um, Barry Allen and Iris West um, where they meet for the first time. And even that one had moments of pointless uh, slow-mo where they literally stare at each other in slow motion. Uh, and Barry's not even activated the speed force and yet they're still staring at each other in slow motion. Uh, but that scene is completely restored with a full kind of, oh my God, it's a it's a really awesome scene because it's showing this car crash in slow motion and how um, in the speed force, in super speed, Barry actually saves people. He actually puts her in a safety position and slowly lets her down. And it kind of deals with the idea of inertia versus um, acceleration. Because if he just whips somebody with the super speed, he could break their their bodies with the speed. Uh, it's cool that they showed like how tender whiplash, like in uh, uh, like Quicksilver, right. uh, and the whiplash line in um, Days of Future Past, right? So um, it's that's really cool. Um, but the the again, what ends up happening is that moment with the sesame seed, Ken, where we have a sesame seed in slow motion, a falling sesame <laughs> seed in slow motion. Um, it's literally like Michael Bay, like guys, guys, look what I did with my slow motion. Right, uh, <laughs> look what I did. One of the, one of the other yeah. big changes in the town, the final confrontation with Steppenwolf. Uh, well, we could talk about Steppenwolf where they they changed his his design completely. He looks far more menacing. Bro, even though I'm not a big fan of the he's design, a Blender mixed with Splinter, bro. Right, Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles second film, the C- second CGI film. He yeah. looked like that verbatim yeah. and a blender and I'm not the biggest fan of that new design I hate the original design I'm not the biggest fan of the new design but I recognise it's a lot better than the original design this one just kind of lacks a little bit of imagination it just it, do you know what it reminds me of Ken it reminds me of the Destroyer in the third Thor movie I was gonna I was literally about to say that yeah, yeah um, another change is there's no Russian family living in a nuclear city that didn't really make yeah, sense yeah. in the Whedon version don't know why they thought they had to throw that in um, and a yeah, lot- they, they gave sense about why um, Steppenwolf was working from that plant mm-hmm. because the area was toxic waste right. and he was using that uh, nuclear energy yeah. to build his fortress right. and um, that's and that's what sapped the nuclear energy and that's why Batman and everyone didn't get cancer yeah. <laughs> from actually going to attack him the, the, because the interesting thing about that power. scene as well uh, especially with the Whedon cut uh, I see it in a lot of reviews and a lot of people's discussion about how 
uh, why was that family there and why were there only family in the cities? Like, if you actually pay attention... Because they were added. <laughs> they were added, but if you actually pay attention to that scene, even with the Whedon version, they're not the only family because, remember, Superman carries a whole uh, block of flats to safety as well. Yep. But people always gloss over that because you don't see the people in the block of fat. So they weren't necessarily the only family. Why these people still live in this nuclear city makes no sense. But it is a thing. Um, I mean, if you, I, I, I'm of the mindset, if you search hard enough, you'll find sense mm-hmm. in anything. But it wasn't clear right. in this film. The, no. the last two changes um, the, that I'm going to mention for myself, and right. you can throw in cool. before we move on to the next topic, is uh, one... Um, Martian Manhunter is in it and uh, the CG of his That's character. That's the seven. He's the number seven. <laughs> his, the CG of his character is very, very bad. Legit. It's terrible. It's really bad. It, it's I, it's almost as bad as the uh, Super Supergirl. I think the Supergirl <laughs> one is better because at least his suit is practical and his suit actually looks better than the design that they yeah. got for Justice League. That's just my opinion. Right. I, I'm okay to be wrong on that one, but I, I think it just as a whole... It, I didn't buy it. The other one is uh, the change to Superman's suit into the black suit. Now, this is the thing, right? Beautiful. A lot of people have it in their mind that he was always supposed to have the black suit. That's actually wrong because you can actually find this no, online. No, he wasn't meant to. Um, he, uh, he, um, the movie was shot in with the blue suit. They've actually CG the, uh, the suit black for the film. So anybody, mm-hmm. anybody, anybody out there trying to say like, oh, why did Whedon change the suit to the blue suit? That was always the case. He always had the blue suit. Is Zack Snyder yeah. somewhere maybe picking up on people's vibe over Twitter? Said like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna CG the suit because the CG on the cape, you can tell it's obvious. Like the suit is harder to tell, but the cape is very much even when it's practical, you can definitely see like a Passover of CG see, to make it black and it it well that's that's when we start getting into the whole idea of is this really a Snyder cut or is it really just him adding stuff as well uh, as it being his original vision well he wasn't allowed uh, to I, yeah. he wasn't actually allowed to sh- reshoot anything I think the only thing that was reshot was the nightmare scene which I think I want you to take over in terms of talking about that I have opinions but my opinions are very basic um, but I think well, let me let me let me rattle out some things that I, I thought was quite interesting that they that they changed. Um, they introduced two things mm-hmm. into the film and was very and and there was a bit of a payoff. It like everyone know well people that are in um, that study film. Yeah, you know if you introduce something, do something with it. Right, or pay it off in some some way. Yeah, in some films they are terrible with it. Mm-hmm. In this film, there are two things that I noticed that they introduced that was paid off quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, actually three things. Um, the first thing that I noticed was the Batman gauntlets for absorbing oh, that was and cool. dispersing energy. That was cool. Right? That actually made... So Batman had the idea... Yeah. He actually gave context to the original Whedon version because I remember watching the video versions like, exactly. how is he taking those blows to the forearm like that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was nice that they finally they introduced it mm-hmm. and they paid it off right. like oh that's what it is yeah um the, well the just a little side note this film fan franchise that seems to have like you know telegraphic abilities to always do this of introducing something mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to be used for and then they always pay it off by using it yeah it's the bond films right. anytime bond comes in contact with cues like oh um here's this new gadget here's this new gadget yeah. and you're thinking like when the fuck was he going to use yeah. that and then he uses it in a really creative <laughs> way and it's like oh I guess they, it was almost like the lazy way of introduce and pay off. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, I digress. So they had the gauntlet uh, for that. Mm -hmm. And then they had Barry Allen's um, abilities Mm -hmm. when he approaches the speed of light. He's like, he he said like time does, like the the speed force does weird stuff. Yes. 
So what happens is time starts moving backwards. backwards yeah. Which 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 pays off twice mm-hmm. in this film. So the first inter- interaction, he was like, yeah, thing weird things happen when I approach the feet of light. Yeah. That's the first time they introduced it. The second time is when they were reviving Superman. Right. And then he completely missed the uh, timing. But because yeah. he was moving so fast, things started moving backwards. And yeah. that's why that photo was used. Right. It almost felt weird. Why did they focus on that photo? They could have used anything else. I don't know why the photo was there. Because I get well, it, right? The photo, the photo was, was be- there because... He was buried with the photo. Because of... Oh, no, well, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. buried with the photo. But it, it being there and them focusing on it was because they had needed to have something to use for Barry to... Like when he was reversing in time, something yeah. that is kind of real that we know to show that, oh, right, so time really is going backwards. The, the th- and I thought that was quite nice. The thing that bothers me about is the physics of it all, right? His body was already right. in the water. When did the the the, the, the photo drop in the water? Because you're seeing the the water, the photo roll backwards, implying that it came after the body went into the water, right? When did the photo drop in the water? Yeah, e- editing magic in it. <laughs> right, it didn't make any that, sense that even when I was watching no. it. They literally could have bought, like, used um, maybe a piece of the ship that fell at the same time. That would have made mm. more narrative sense. But now you're just leading me to believe it's like, one, they dug up the body that conveniently had the, the photo with him. Cool, I get that, right? But why would they keep the photo? They only want the body. Yeah. Why would they keep the photo? And then the body's already in the water. Why is the photo dropping at, this, uh, at the same time as the cube? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, that, that one just like I thought to myself, I get it. You're using that for um, a, a, a visual tool for the audience. I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very weird. Yeah. Um, is, there any, is there any I more? mean, yeah, there, there's, 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 I think just a couple more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and keep it short. Right. But just to finish off with the speed, I love how they paid off further the whole time thing mm-hmm. when he started going even past his limit. Right. And he actually started moving time backwards right. which gave a reason for Batman versus Superman's scene of him going through time right. because you know we, we never knew that Barry Allen can do this, can do this right. the Flash can do this yeah. but then in this film it gives us the initial idea of like oh yeah he, this the speed force can make him go back in time if he runs faster there's some timey wimey shit going on there's some timey wimey shit going yeah. on and I love it um, so another thing that happened was um, I always found this weird mm-hmm. in the Whedon Cup when you know when they lost the third Marvel box because they were right. dealing with Superman yes right and it was just conveniently um, gone it's conveniently gone and then the boom tube uh, happened and then he grabs it and disappears yeah but now uh, we see it land on a car and then Silas was there and it's like alright I've got to do something I need to yeah. re- redeem myself and then he started doing stuff it wasn't just uh, Steppenwolf coming and collecting it yeah um, he actually used it to superheat, and they even telegraphed that mm-hmm. with uh, the future atom. Yeah, where they because they were talking about earlier in the film, like, oh, if you heat it in a certain type of way, it turns into the right. hottest thing. Yeah, that was a good telegraph. Oh, really good. And then later on, they use it's like, oh, I'm gonna. Uh, one thing, one thing I didn't like about when he passed away, mm-hmm. when he died, was why did he enter the container? <laughs> my my assumption is, and this is a, a what this is a big guess, right? My assumption is yeah. that. He felt he was safe enough in the cube that he could stay alive long enough to superheat it. I think if he was on the outside, Steppenwolf would have just murked him before he even could press the button. That's my assumption. Uh, I don't know, you know. I don't know about that one, bro. 
I'm, but uh, I'm saying like he probably knew I, I he was going to die even way, but maybe he thought like at least this is a barrier of entry that he's going to have a hard time getting in here. This gives me enough time to kind of get this job done without him getting in here and taking the cube because he's going to get the cube yeah. either way, whether I'm on the outside or the inside, he's getting it. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. that's what he kind of knew. Um, but the the last thing I, I would like to mention is the epilogue. Um I didn't like it. I wasn't feeling it. It, it was. It felt like it was tacked on for the yeah. for. Well, actually, I heard somewhere else. Um, this was a few. This was quite a few months mm-hmm. ago that the the Justice League series yes. was always going to be surrounded uh, around a uh, uh, dark side. Right. And what the actual story was now. Don't quote me on this. I don't know for a fact, but someone did mention this. They said that the actual story was dark side was going to come. Mm-hmm wreck shit and it was going to be horrible and it's yeah. going to be a very grim justice league too right where everyone just gets like destroyed yeah which was alluded to with that end epilogue scene yeah and what would happen is the entire film is them trying to survive dark side right just to give barry the opportunity to mo- go back and past yeah and reset everything so that they could face him which sounds a lot like infinity end game <laughs> it does sound like infinity war and end game it sounds like, um, right it's so um that th- i thought it was it was there as a precursor to Justice League 2. Right. Which obviously is not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. A lot of people are deluded to think that uh, Warner Brothers is going to do it. They already got plans to reboot no way. the whole thing anyway. So, of course. Um, and not only just that, it's like they, they, they're foregoing continuity. They're just doing mm-hmm. contained stories. Maybe some characters exactly. get sequels, but it's not going to be, be beholden to overall narrative. Uh, but that's pretty much our breakdown of... Um, Justice League Snyder Cut. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Problems aside, I think the problems were mostly kind of like, you know, it's a bit long. It's a bit, you know, there's some things that are overused. But the changes yeah. or t- maybe lack thereof, the originalities versus the changes of the Whedon Cut are far superior to the Whedon Cut. This movie is far superior. It's a great watch. Oh, I would give it... By far. If I was to score it, I would definitely give it like a uh, a four stars. Definitely a four stars. I enjoyed it. You see, the thing about uh, scoring it, because mm-hmm. uh, I was talking about this with a couple of friends, mm-hmm. um, if this was the only version and we didn't get the uh, uh, the Joss Whedon version, yes, this would get a hmm, yeah, this is this is good, yeah. this is this is not bad, yeah, like this would have got like a maybe an arbitrary seven seven point five, right? right? Um, and when I when Joss Whedon's version two thousand seventeen first came out, yes. I think I gave it like a a six six point five, right. you know, yeah. So I was like, mm, okay, whatever, it, it's a thing. But now that I know that these two things existed, mm-hmm. it automatically in my mind changes the scoring of both these films. Right. Now that I know that they both existed, Just Whedon's Just League drops points yeah. <laughs> because of how much better this is. Yes. And uh, the, the Snyder Cut adds points, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So it bumps itself up to an eight. Yeah. Um, not because it's an actual eight, because of the contrast yeah. between the two. It's like, wow, this is... Like the Joss Whedon one drops down yeah. to like a five or four point five in my opinion. See, the, but uh, the crazy thing is yeah. though, if even if the just uh, the Joss Whedon cut didn't exist, this cut of Snyder's cut still wouldn't exist because guess what? No studio would release a four hour movie in cinema. Even 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 Lord of the Rings had to temper themselves and actually have a theatrical release. They would yeah, this ain't Bollywood. Yeah, Bollywood be doing that. Yeah, on the race. one of the brothers, like, they ain't got. At best, yeah. at best, I think with the uh, with the issues that they had with um, 
with Batman versus Superman, this would have been at best maybe three hours. Um, because the other thing that studios look into is that um, rewatchability in terms of like they want as many viewings in a day in the cinema as possible. So if you've got a four hour movie, at best it's going to be streamed twice. That's not recouping your, your budget. You need to have the multiple time slots across the day well, to make your budget. What they usually do is it's different screens, no? They usually have in different screens. But it, that's, like, that's, um, more, that's, with... that's still more money, right? Because imagine like... Yeah, imagine, it's a money game, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So even if you have like a cinema that's eight screens, right? Eight screens with uh, two showings a day, that's 16. Versus eight screens with four viewings a day. It's different levels in money right there. So that's why you trim it down with the editing to get it to at least two hours. So you have multiple viewings within a day. Um, yeah, I I get that with the maths mm-hmm. and everything. I'm just saying that it's it's always down to the money yeah. because we know Endgame was three hours mm-hmm. and that was being shown everywhere almost every minute yeah. in every single cinema, yeah. right? So even though that was longer and then there was a less times that you could put it in a screen, yeah. they were still breaking box office records. Of course, of course. So it's only because they've they literally poured a shit ton yeah. of, of of money into making sure this is in every screen um everywhere mm-hmm. at every single time but that's the thing it doesn't it doesn't actually it doesn't actually always work like that because you remember like cinemas are basically paying the um the movie back right some cinemas because they don't actually have enough viewings can actually say hey we can't actually keep your film because we're not going to make the money back off of the license we're paying for you because guess what we can only show this twice a day right and we're not going to you're not going to get as much money back so it's like this weird relationship that studios have with the cinemas that they have to come to kind of a balance because what it has to be beneficial to the cinema holding it that they can have people come in and out multiple viewings sell the popcorn and all of that stuff and also that the actual studio doesn't have to produce because imagine this right there's 3,000 cinemas in uh in UK for example right it costs you more in terms of developing the actual hard drives to send them uh, send them to more. So you're hoping to be a cost effective as possible that if you send it all to all 3000 cinemas, you want as many views as possible to recoup your money. If you're literally cutting that by half, you're not being as cost effective. So it's a cost effective thing, not just how much money you put into it, it's how much money you can recoup back to offset that. Yeah, it's, it's about being efficient with your money. That's for it, sure. that's it. Um, I, I think what, what adds to that is how many bums are in the seat. Yeah. So, for example, if you can guarantee like 90% capacity mm-hmm. uh, being filled or 80% capacity over the next month or so yeah. for your film, every time you show it, yo, people making their money back of course. for sure. But then if it's a film that is got multiple viewings, very similar to a very popular film, mm-hmm. but you, you start at 50% capacity yeah. and it starts dipping from then, it's like, uh, yeah, it's hard to it's keep hard up, to justify like bills paid. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> it's hard to justify all of that. And the bigger thing as well is that, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think I'm going to be going back to this, this, this movie anytime soon because it's four hours. And I don't imagine a lot of people that if this was in cinema, you're watching it for the second time for those four hours. So it's yeah, it's a tension span. Yeah, thing. no, I I agree, I agree. Um, and it's the same way that I I look at I look at this. Mm. Well, I think the industry might might notice the success of this mm-hmm. and might do a thing that 
Um, because weirdly enough, this is very similar to what Marvel's doing, right. but obviously it's 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 not the same yeah. for many reasons. But the one aspect that I see that is very similar is if you was to watch One Division in its entirety, mm-hmm. um, the runtime is a bit longer than uh, Justice. Oh, League. definitely longer. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's cut for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it when when you watch it back to back, it does feel like a film. It feels of like course, a film. Of course, of course. So definitely. it's it's almost as if like Warner Brothers and Disney are putting something together where it's a long-form story mm-hmm. with a huge budget, a huge cinematic budget yeah. to tell an amazing story yeah. about one of, one of their characters or a multitude of their yeah. characters. So maybe what uh, Disney and Marvel are doing, um, uh, sorry, what what, what uh, Disney and Marvel are doing, DC or Warner, and Wonder Brothers might be like, all right, cool, we'll try this with Zack Snyder and see how successful it mm-hmm. is. Is man successful? Maybe we can start making this a thing where we either break up into mini episodes mm-hmm. of you know whatever property similar to what Disney are doing with their TV shows yeah. or have long form bigger films that we release online mm-hmm. because success people just copy we, we don't know what's going to be successful yeah. but the minute something is successful or a technique is successful that's when they're like alright cool we're just going to copy and paste that mm-hmm. right and if and I think this is going to be a very successful release with um, the Justice, Justice League I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we see uh, other companies or even Warner Brothers yeah. doubling down and releasing their films in a longer cut version yeah. uh, exactly like this. Um, and I, I, I guess I guess it all depends I mean? on the directors of, again, this is a very unique Zack Snyder thing. He's being ve- yeah. self-indulgent here. He wants everything he's shot to be on screen, right? And that's not, that's sometimes that's not what even certain directors want. Certain directors say, no, I want the best things that I've shot to be on screen. If it's not flowing in the story, I am not going to keep it. And maybe that's a lesson that Zack Snyder should take in his future projects. But on the note of what you're saying in terms of um, adopting this model, right? I think it's a matter of perspective. Now, this being a movie, it's unique in the sense that it's a four-hour movie. The case is with most movies, be it Netflix, Disney+, Plus, or or whatever it is right a movie is a movie we understand that right but versus something like one division it's hard to compare because one division in terms of each episode wasn't designed to be a greater movie it's a long-form storytelling but every episode has their beginning middle and end it's sometimes hard to do that with a, whether it's a two-hour movie or four-hour movie to completely structure in a way that if you chop it up you can do it episodic i think the benefit that disney has created is that they've gone they're on a new platform in terms of streaming, but they're using old techniques in terms of keeping you around on a week to week basis, right? They're trying to retain yeah. you on that subscription. Whereas with DC, you got that one drop. People watch it once. Do you know what I did? I got, um, I got uh, to watch this movie, right? Because I didn't want to watch it off a of pirate. I got a seven day uh, trial of uh, Now TV, watched it, then canceled it. I didn't pay jack shit. Now, the difference is with Disney Plus, right? If you want, they gave you the first three episodes for free, right? Next thing you know, you're watching it, you're hooked. The The show goes over, what, two and a half months, give or take? That's at least two mm-hmm. and a half months where they've got 10 pounds off of you. Yeah. So it's different there. But that is our... Well, how, how, how long is their uh, trial period? The trial period was seven days. For Disney? No, for um, Disney, I don't even know if they have a trial period, but they've been giving out like free trials like like it was hotcakes. But people stick around because of that model that if you want to watch that new show, you're watching it week on week. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, let's move on, Ken. Uh, and let's get into 
something that I've been waiting for for a very long time. Yes, that is Marvel's efforts into second effort into the uh, the small screen in a major way. So we had a uh, one division. Yeah. Now they had a very small break, and now they're back at it. They're back at it's it, lovely. back at it's it with beautiful. that fire with the uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. And I'm just gonna go in straight in. This 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 go for it. This first episode was banging. Like it didn't waste any time for all of the naysayers out there that had a problem with One Division, including myself. I had a problem with the first three episodes of One Division. It's like you didn't give me enough to latch on to. It's like I get the motif you're going for. I get the style that you're going for. I get the option that you've taken. But if you don't have an appreciation for those old sitcoms, I can imagine people bouncing off. This one says we are action movie. That's what we're going to do. But we're going to give you action plus extra. That first 15 minutes of that show, Ken, was pure, unadulterated action. But literally action done in the MCU that I don't think they've actually quite done. We've seen Falcon do his business, right? So at the beginning of the episode, it uh, opens up with Falcon getting a mission to retrieve a soldier, right? He's in his new suit. Yeah. He's got his new pack. He's listening to the briefing. He doesn't really care. Jumps out of the plane, gets straight into work. Well, that, that, that almost mirrors Captain America right. in, um, in what's the, what's the, it's not the winter, it is the winter soldier. Yes. Um, where he was in the plane as like, well, you don't need to, you don't need to shoot. Yeah. It's like, uh, he says something witty and he jumps out the plane. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was great. And Sam did the exact same thing was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Man, don't need to shoot. I'm just, I'm going to just jump out in the middle of this conversation yeah, and, it's, and get straight to it's action. Dope because it feels like it's a reflection of his relationship with, exactly. with, with Cap. You know, that's, that's what, that's why it was done. From there, it proceeds into this really great set piece, beautifully rendered in CG. I'm talking about they spent money on this bitch, right? They're saying like, "Hey, how much do we, how much money do we have for this whole production? How many episodes we're gonna do? Six episodes, 150 million. We're gonna use that right." And I think this movie is gonna be the greatest equivalent to what we consider to be a movie, but in TV format. Um, ocean accent scene. He's swooping. He's flying. He's doing some crazy aerial acrobatics having fun at the same time the visuals are on a different level he uh he's yeah. the, the fight scene so well choreographed even in a cramped place there's no shaky cam it's actually letting you see the action and uh the crescendo of it when when he saves the guy and the mission's over it's like almost like oh my god i can't believe you gave me that in the first it, it's literally a little moment of euphoria so early on but it doesn't, it doesn't like say, boom, bam, you're not getting anything interesting after that. It proceeds into some, some of the best storytelling I've seen in an action movie in a very long time. Like, it asks us questions like, yeah. Ken, you know like what I'm talking about, right? So the idea of the Bro, blip in Infinity War, right? There, there was one word that kept running from my mind mm -hmm. while watching the show. Yeah. One word. And it showed up in, with all the stories, including the main characters. Mm -hmm. And that word was consequence. Right. This is the consequence of everything. It's yes. the consequence of Captain America. Yes. It's the consequence of the blip. Yes. It's the consequence of you being Preach. a soldier and you're trying to take care of your family, but you can't because you got blipped out and now they have, they're financially struggling. Preach. This entire show is con what consequence of this new uh, terrorist faction doing craziness Hallelujah. because they saw life uh, life uh, in terms of the blip and felt like, oh, this is the one time that everyone came together and that everyone's back. Everyone's going into their own countries and separating. Consequence. This is the show and the consequence of, oh, let's not even forget about Winter Soldier. Right? Uh, 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 oh Bucky my Barnes God. The, Spoiler, hold on. Bro, spoilers, spoilers, spoiler alert. My, my guy, yo. You know, because you know exactly oh what I'm talking about. Oh my God. 
the consequences of his actions. Yes. The consequences of his actions that led to the, the, the trauma and the madness that not just he is feeling, but, but the people close to him are feeling. Him. My Lord, this is the show of consequence. This is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, hashtag consequence. Because even down to the consequence of uh, um, uh, Falcon giving up the shield. Yes. Because oh, what happened there? Yes. Because, he, because he didn't take up the mantle. Somebody else, he got Yo. replaced by a white dude. He got replaced yeah. by a white dude. It's <laughs> he like, got replaced. It's one of those ones. This show, I think, is going gonna, is gonna to touch on a lot of things. It's going to... Uh, touch on political relations is going to touch on racism i think it's going to touch on responsibility and duty and we get all of this from the touch on classism as well episode the first episode like you see sam spoiler alert again he goes to meet his sister who he has a, a very close relationship with but she's going through hard times she's trying to maintain the family business they're kind of like a fishery and they got this old ship that's been in their family for a very long time. It's busted. She can't afford to keep it anymore. They try to get a loan because he's determined to keep it. And he realizes because he's been blipped out for five years, my man's got no credit. How do you how do you yeah. show, you know, income and the ability to pay back a loan if you haven't existed yeah. in five years? And guess what? And the banks don't have an updated policy to actually factor that in. Well, so they're just running on old school. No, they actually do have uh, an updated uh, policy because of people coming back and thinking, yo, there's loads of people that have been gone for ages. They're going to want a lot of money. Maybe we should say no. Okay, new policy. If you've been blipped, you ain't got no credit, we can't help you. Mate, mate. I'm 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 worried. I'm I'm surprised. Maybe that's going to be something that we see mm-hmm. later on in the show. But I could imagine people revolting because of that, or that like they're being it becoming a bit like Mad Max, where everything is just like, all right, cool, this is the new I currency. Th- Let's just go off. I think because, that's what that terrorist like, group. How can is the about? banks do that? I think that's exactly. And I think the terrorist groups yeah. are probably people that stuck that were still around, that and maybe found their niche within this uh, mini dystopia of the five years, right? And the the system has adapted to it like everything fucked up because obviously you got people blipping out in certain industries and those industries crashing and disappearing people have adapted to that for the past five years then you're telling us these people are back and what we need to cater for them we need to take care of them we need to we need to provide this no 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 we prefer that how it was in the blip because guess what we found a way to work with that we're going to take it back we're going to we're going to terrorize until we can bring it back but it's like it's zero sum obviously we don't know where the story is going right it's interesting where they've taken it and the specific reference of the flag smasher who in the comic book was actually a specific character one specific character who basically i think he had a, an ability to f- create I could be wrong, but it's like create hate in people. Ah, and that reminds me of that power. Remember when uh, Black Panther was um, he was uh, moonlighting as a Daredevil, mm-hmm. and then there was that one that one storyline where someone had the ability to stoke up someone's anger. Mm-hmm. He had like a pink cape. Ah, like like, like a Ku Klux Klan member, yeah. and I think that's where it came from. Yeah, the ability to do that with people. Maybe that's um, a similar ability where it stokes up anger or hate in someone. Yeah. So um, I don't think this character's got any powers. I might be mixing them up with a, a different character, but um, a similar character. I think it's the character's called the hate monger and it might have been a DC character. I could be wrong, but that's it. Uh, essentially, this character is, uh, he's equivalent to like a Captain America type, you know, uh, skillful combatant, but he's essentially a terrorist. And he just, the motivations in the show would be interested to see where it goes with it. 
but I think the flag smasher is like kind of like anti-patriotism. Um, he just um, he used to. I think he worked with the Red Skull at one point, so he's he, he might be even racist. So I think that might they might use <laughs> the flag smashers uh, also in as an allegory to 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 racist right wing um organizations that you see like you know those 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 mountain militias that you see out there um mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. i don't know man this this i i know you have slightly different feelings towards uh, towards this first episode um than me i i thought this was a nine out of ten honestly um well yeah no like as a standalone episode mm -hmm. it, it is it's spectacular yeah. um because before we go to the phone call we was talking about how um, I was more excited or more satisfied with the um, Zack Snyder's Justice right. League than I was with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. And the main reason was because um, the Zack Snyder, it, it's finished. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's done. The story's been told. Yes. It's going to begin to end. I'm still excited about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but we're still waiting for it to end. Yeah. So it's at its beginning and it's very exciting, but you know I'm I'm excited to go through the journey. But because I have I don't have the full picture or the full story, I'm I'm waiting every week now to see how it progresses. So I'm like, all right, cool. This is more of a slow burn than a uh, everything right now. Yeah. So yeah, uh, not not saying that I'm I, I don't I don't enjoy it no. or I don't love it yet because I'm up there with you. It, it was a brilliant episode. Absolutely. Of, uh, it, this is how you this is how you introduce things. Yeah. And I think where this show has a benefit over Wonder Vision for um, introduction, mm -hmm. the timing. Oh yeah. The length of this forty nine minutes uh, show. I almost called it a film. Yeah. Forty exactly forty nine minutes. I was going to say like forty nine minutes. Whereas with Wonder Vision, it was uh, almost twenty minute episodes. <laughs> Let's not lie, yeah. it wasn't twenty minute episodes because credits were bloody long. Yeah. It was seventeen minutes, sixteen minutes episodes, almost fifteen minutes episodes over three episodes. Yeah. So that almost is just about a bit longer mm -hmm. than how long the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. was. So maybe if the first episode of Wonder Vision was a Fifty minute, maybe fifty five minute yeah. episode that encumbered the first three episodes. Maybe we would have felt a bit different about it. The truth, but the tr because we got all that time yeah. in Falcon and the Winter Soldier straight away. That I call, we're not wasting a single minute. We're letting you know that this happened, this happened, mm -hmm. this happened, this happened, and this is why this is happening. Then it was so quick for us to. It was so easy for us to latch on and like, yep, yeah, we get it. That's the story. Definitely, I I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. I I go back to the point that I made in a in a few episodes before. I still think uh, the reason why um, the the first few episodes suffered the way they did because I think originally when Disney Plus was conceived that these shows were supposed to be done like the Netflix model in terms of dump the whole season and that's your drop, right? Then somewhere down the line, somebody, some bean counter said it would be actually more cost effective if we did it on a weekly basis because when you really kind of watch... One division in its entirety is seen. It, it it literally lends itself by design to be something that was supposed to be binged because the way episode one leads on to episode two and episode three, yep. and that's how they gave it yep, to us exactly. in that drop. Is one of those one when we had that break between three and four, it just felt a bit off. It felt a bit yeah, off because yeah. if episode four was when it really turned it around for most people when we finally got the outside of the uh the the illusion the, uh, the illusion of westview so i don't know man but getting back onto uh falcon and winter soldier uh i just want to talk about the performances um 
Anthony Mackie, uh, these past two years has been his year. He is oh my gosh, back to back success. Honestly, um, I uh, from from Alter Carbon to um, Outside the Wire to this Anthony Mackie. It's it's the it's the power of the Anthony's. You know, for those of you who don't know, my name is Tony, but my full <laughs> name is Anthony, and I need to let you know, like, there's greatness in the name. And you need Bro, to, you're trying to say you're Michael, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. You need to put respect on our bruv. name right about now. All right, cool. We out cool. here. You're trying to be the new Michael, Doing right? Big you're trying to be the new Michael. On big levels. All right, guy. All right, my guy. But yeah, no, I digress. You know, I'm just joking. But um, right. when it comes to Sebastian Stan, I've been a fan of Sebastian Stan from years. This is even before Captain America. Uh, the f- uh, the first Avenger. Um, I watched him in a show called uh, Once Upon a Time where he played a Mad Hatter. And when he was, he left the show, I didn't realize he left the show permanently. I th- I, I missed him and his performances um, on the show. Uh, only to find out, obviously, he's went on to do bigger, uh, bigger things like Captain America. And I've followed him ever since. The guy is brilliant. Even a movie he did with uh, Margot Robbie with the, uh, the ice skater. He's just a very talented actor to convey emotions in a very subtle but effective way. Um, mm. You know, you got that guy, uh, the the field agent uh, that's working with uh, with um, with Sam Wilson. Falcon. Um, yeah. He's a cool character. You know who he is in the comics. He's supposed to be uh, the the new Falcon, right? The one that's a hybrid. Yeah. When Anthony Mackie becomes yes. uh, Captain America, he becomes the Falcon. I don't yeah. think they're going to do that in the show, but I think it's just going to be strictly a I, reference. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I, I. Well, assuming Anthony Mackie isn't Captain America by the end. Of yeah. Uh, which we'll, we'll yeah. find out. It'll be a hard we'll sell. Find out. We'll find out. <laughs> It'll be a hard yeah, sell, we'll, but you know, we'll, we'll find, find out. out. Yeah. Um, I the ending, which I've spoken to people about it in the episode. Spoiler alert: There's an ending, uh, in which. Uh, Sam witnesses the uh, the the new mantle of Captain America being given to another person, and it's unfortunate because the person that he's uh, given to we don't know who he is. Well, me, I, we, the nerds, we know who the character is. Um, yeah. But it's one of those moments of like a lot of people didn't get his his expression in that moment and why he's feeling like this. It's like I think that's a moment of regret, realizing that he had a, an opportunity to take up the mantle and take on the responsibility and he didn't. And the responsibility was given away from him um, to a face that he doesn't know, doesn't trust. He knows Steve. He knows what that shield means. He doesn't know this stranger. And I think that affected him. I think he felt betrayed as well yeah. because he was like, yeah, I'm giving it up to the Smith- Smithsonian. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. a hard like, word to say. It belongs in a museum. Yeah smithsonian yeah. you have to say it slowly <laughs> um like it belongs in a museum mm-hmm. and everything and that's that's why i gave it i was like all right cool just to keep the memory of steve and then they were like all right cool all right so you're not trying to step up no we're giving it to someone yeah. else and then they gave it to someone else so it did feel like in my opinion it felt like a betrayal yeah. like yo the idea was to not pass this right. off it was to like create a new character but then they're like hmm, but we like the the branding of captain america right. the, the so white let's, uh, branding of captain america the white the branding white of branding captain america because like... they weren't they weren't trying to push him no. they weren't trying to push sam to be a no. captain america were... but then before but the minute he dropped that yes. shield they're like hey yeah. oh this is our time mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm... let's get someone else in this position i'm excited to see uh where the rest of the season is and we'll be talking about it on the regular on a week to week uh but i think uh that is our time for this week oh just before we yes. end because uh, we, we alluded to something that we didn't uh, uh talk mm-hmm. about 
how uh, the Winter Soldier was paying for his uh, 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 um, for 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 his his crimes in the past, yes. and how there was one story, one of his close friends, uh, an old uh, Japanese uh, man, mm-hmm. and how he was. Uh, taking care of him how he goes for drinks with yes. him how he uh, how the old man helped him get a date mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. but we realised like why is he chilling out with this old man this old like why does he have this relationship mm-hmm. with him we find out and it was telegraphed earlier on in the episode that um, his son was collateral damage to one of his past missions, yeah. missions. his son was so scared he couldn't get a key in the door he couldn't escape from uh, coming across the Winter Soldier yeah. and um Bucky, he he just capped him because he was like, no loose ends. Yeah. No one must know who what, where he exists. And then, obviously, he got his memory yeah. back and he wanted to tell this old man that, you know, I am the cause of your pain because yeah. the old man, the way it came across in the show, like, he's been tormented about not knowing how his son died. Mm-hmm. Oh, painful. Oh, yeah. consequences. You know, and then he stays around him almost like in a cathartic way right. to be like, all right, cool. I want to make sure this guy is okay because I'm the person that caused him so much mm-hmm. pain. But he's almost like uh, uh, um, purposely going through his own personal hell yes. just because he knows that he was the cause of this man's pain. So I'm going to suffer what you... Uh, I'm going to try to take care of you and what you suffer yeah. so I can not be okay. I, I, this is my penance. I don't oh, think it is penance, gosh. to be honest. I think he's being very, very selfish. I think if you really think about it, is that that old man is the only person he can relate to because they're closer in age than anything else possible. <laughs> um so yeah, that's true. i think he's trying to work his way to eventually tell the truth because it's part of his recovery process but he's failing to do so uh but it's it'll be interesting to see where it goes but um again that is our time this week we appreciate all of you that uh, stuck around to the end and listened to us you can find me on uh royal majesty on Insta- instagram also find a podcast on on deck.podcast on instagram ken what is your tag on instagram yeah they can find me you guys can find me oh thank you very much for listening to us you can find me on i'm mr ken on instagram uh and yeah please interact with us as always please let us know what you think about our take and also your opinions if you agree or disagree on what we've said about uh these two big you know companies that we just seem yeah. to occupy a lot of our time disney well disney's finna to take over the world yeah. soon but yeah let us know what you think about um everything that we've said and what you think about Superman and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you, guys. And uh, catch you later. Peace. As always. Bye.